It's March 26, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Can you guys believe that April is almost here? Also, fun fact, I got my first dose of the vaccine. So what a great week. And on Saturday, if you're listening to this timely podcast, tomorrow is day 100 of my run streak. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Alex Main, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host and soon-to-be dad, Apostoli Everniatis. So we are here to bring you inspiring stories and talk to the Pacers who are making an impact, whether that's professional athletes, political figures, CEOs, authors, and running leaders. Today, we have a wonderful guest for you. We have Mary Callen. Mary has run 162 marathons. She is a volunteer coach for Girls on the Run in southeastern Wisconsin, And most recently, she was the first blind woman to compete in the fight for air climb at the U.S. Bank Center Tower in downtown Milwaukee. Super excited to have Mary on the show today, Apostoli. I know you are as well. Super excited, Alex. We've been wanting to have Mary on the show since before, I think, the the weekly rundowns. It's just finally we got a great connection and um, it's yeah, looking forward to having her on. What an inspiring story. Yeah, and uh, so also big news, this is technically the last weekly rundown before you're going to be a dad because your due date is uh, is coming up this Wednesday. So you never know, could come early, she could come late, but technically, by doctor's words, this is your last one. How does it feel? Um, it feels, it doesn't feel real yet. Right, even though everything around me logically feels like it is coming, but unless I see the baby, I feel like nothing's preparing me for it. Uh, but everything's ready, ready to go, keys in hand, just in case you know something happens. Um, and you you learn so many things, Alex. I'm sure you found out too that it's not like the movies. It's not like in the middle of some romantic dinner, the water breaks or something. Um, it, it happens so unexpectedly. Uh, it's it's nice to to learn the process of, you know, this beautiful natural process of of, of birth. It's it's an amazing thing, and you know, I feel a little guilty because I, I don't know what what am I supposed to do? I've done anything everything I could. You know, I'm just supportive. I lift stuff. I I assemble cribs and uh, anything that needs assembling and as ready as I'll ever be. I'm not going to do much. It's my it's my wife who's the hero of this story and she's man, I can't say enough about her courage. Yeah, super excited. This is going to be awesome. Though I guess the only thing you're responsible for now is no beer because you never know when you're going to be called to drive to the hospital. So, you got to be responsible. Yep, and it's quite the ride. Yep. <laughs> Uh, And other news, like I just mentioned at the beginning of the show, I got the government chips inserted into me on Monday, and uh, I felt fine. I know people have different reactions, but Tuesday morning, I went for a run, and like I couldn't run fast, and it was really funny. But I struggle sometimes when I run early in the morning to get my legs to turn over, Um, 
but I blamed it on the government chips, like as my Strava, um, as my Strava title. And people thought that was pretty funny. So I thought that was a good joke. I love that. That was funny. But, um, I tell you what, I'm just super excited to have it. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's crazy that it's been a year of all this stuff and that here I am, got the chips. Now I have 5G with me wherever I go. I wonder people listening to this. So for you listening, that was, that was Alex dry humor for all of you who didn't quite get that. But, um, um, also in other news, we have so many news stories this week. This is so fun. Uh, the Badgerland Striders have put out a save the date that the Badgerland Striders Heartfest half is happening on June 19th. It seems like registration will open soon at one point, but this looks like they, I mean, they canceled South Shore, but this is like the first race. So I think uh, I haven't talked to Scott or anyone over there, but uh looks like they think things are going to be back on track sooner than later for races. Going to be really interesting to see um, how races look, you know what I mean? Are they going to be capped or what's it going to be? Scott, if you're listening, send us the details so we can tell people. Uh, also, I always love these little tests we give, sorry, but I love these little tests we give for Scott where, where we give a shout out to him and then he responds to us like within a day answering our questions or commenting on something we said, that's a true fan. And he's, um, he's our Easter egg. And, and the one thing I always laugh about Scott is he always like listens to our show while he's doing like something like cleaning out the gutters or something. And right where like if he, we catch him off guard and we say this and he like stumbles and trips off the ladder and is like hanging from his roof gutter. That's how I always picture something like that going down when we break news and make Scott give us answers. But Scott, we love you. Shout out to Scott Stowski over at the Badgerland Striders. Also race updates. Um... I have been helping be the race director. Wow, that was a great sentence for Run the Bay. That is Run the Bay, as in Run Run Whitefish Bay. Uh, it's virtual this year, but all proceeds from the race go back to the Whitefish Bay Education Foundation. This is actually the biggest fundraiser um, that the school does to raise funds for the school. So if you live in Whitefish Bay, uh, you for sure have to do this. And if you live outside Whitefish Bay, it's 25 bucks. Come pay and we can, uh, we can socially distance and we can I'll run you around. A, I'll give you a nice 5K route of uh, Whitefish Bay. And if we do it in the morning, we can catch a sunrise. Um, the race is the week of April 24th to May 2nd. So we can figure out a day that works for everyone. And if you register this weekend, we are giving away gift cards to uh, Navy Knot which is a women's clothing store right over there on Silver Spring and a $50 gift card to the Bay Restaurant, which is a wonderful. They have a great fish fry. So, uh, you know, be the first to register early bird giveaway and uh, head over to runthebay.org to register. And if you have any questions, DM me. Become a great cause. Would really appreciate it if everyone signed up. I'll probably be plugging that for a couple more episodes. So I love it. Awesome. Man, you've and made it. That's how you know you've made it. By the way, when you when you're organizing a race, you're helping would, organize a race in your community. When they invite you to organize a race, good job, Alex. Yeah, you know, this is a great thing for the community, man. Oh uh, yeah, and it's you know it's fun to do. I mean, like when we did the uh, MK Run for Justice with Fear last summer, it was it was just it's always great to bring groups of people together to run for a cause. 
um, whatever it may be. So it's been great. Uh, other news, as I alluded to earlier in the episode, just so much breaking news on this Friday morning for everybody is day hundred of the run streak is tomorrow. Uh, super excited for it. I feel like that's a good milestone, like a hundred days. Uh, it was more than I thought I was going to do. I think when I first announced it, I was hoping to do between like 60 and 90. So I hit a hundred. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I want to start training for that 50 K, um, the tour day Milwaukee. So that 50 K route around the perimeter of the city of Milwaukee. Um, I should probably start training for that Matt over at Thunderdome. I've been messaging with him, so I should get a plan. And then that would be a good reason to stop the streak and start training and doing something very productive with my, with my running time here in the future. But if not, I'll maybe keep the streak. I don't know. Maybe I'll take Sunday off and just not do anything. We'll see. It's a good feeling. I'm excited for you to get your first run in as a dad. I still remember, like when I look back on runs, like I have favorite runs with people, but I will always remember my first run as a dad. It was like a fun, freeing, emotional jog down the Oak Leaf Trail. It was like four miles, but it's like a, it's like your first time you really like get to be by yourself and like take it all in. So I'm excited to hear your story when you do that. Um, so that's you in retrospect loving that but i'm looking forward to my first run with my daughter and when she's going to be ready to be on the stroller and i can take her on a run i can't wait for that day yeah uh definitely the one thing with that is it's so far away like technically i think the stroller say eight months so it just seems so far away right like eight months from now that uh i'm excited for it but we'll uh I'm excited for that too, but we'll take it one run at a time with you. Um, do you got anything else if you want to talk if about? If you're a parent out there, yeah, actually, I, I think we have only so much we can talk about. But are there any other? Are there any parents out there listening that have some great stories about you know their first runs as parents or their first runs with their children and or when they think I should take my daughter out for the first run? Any ideas? <laughs> Alex is eight months. I don't like his answer. I'd like uh, if you if your if your opinion is three and you have some verified um, is three a incontrovertible. Um, what? No, I don't know. Well, he, here's maybe, the deal. Here's what is. here's what you might hear. This is this is what I've seen. The first kid, you're like, okay, let's follow the rules. Eight months, and then you get your second and third kid, and you're like, mm, they'll be fine. We're going out at like four or five months because we have to get a run in. <laughs> And plus the other, the other child is probably screaming and needs some kind of energy released. So, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But if you have any yeah. stories, if you're a parent, you have any stories about running or anything, uh, hit them up. I mean, my favorite thing to do, and I did before we started recording this episode was, uh, Sophie didn't want to go. So it was just Zoe and I, but we go on a run and then stop at a park and like play in the swings or the playground and then run home. That's always fun. That's one of my favorite things to do because it's just like everyone wins. It's a win-win, right? Oh, man. I can't wait. No, I know. I'm excited for yeah, you. If, you. if you have any answers, creamcitypacers at gmail.com. Creamcitypacers at gmail. Or follow us on Instagram at creamcitypacers and DM us there. Or on Facebook at creamcitypacers and DM us there. You can find us anywhere. And we want to hear from you because we love all of you. And we want to hear the love from you. Um, you got anything else or should we bring Mary on? Let's do it. 
All right, man. Your last episode before the baby, maybe. Crazy. All right. Now on to our interview with Mary Callen. Today, we are joined by the fun-loving, wonderful human being, Mary Callen. Mary, you have been highly recommended by multiple guests, and Tina from Girls on the Run, executive director, highly recommends you, and we are super excited to have you on the show today. I know before the show, we talked a little bit, and you have so many stories to share, and I'm so excited to learn more about your 162 marathons, more about you and everything you've been doing. So Mary, welcome to the Cream City Pacers podcast. Thank you very much, Alex. I'm glad to be here. How is, uh, so as we're recording this right now for everyone, it is, I think summer might officially be here. It feels like summer out, like we just skipped spring and went straight to summer today. It's a beautiful day out. It is. I think, I think I walk today instead of run because I'm 67 now and getting older. And so instead of running, you know, six days a week, I walk a few days and run a few days and do some cross training. And so I'm trying to change things up a little bit as I age. And so it was 58 degrees when we finished the walk and it was just a beautiful day out. I think spring is here. It's, it is beautiful. I like it. Um, so 67 years young and you know that you're changing a couple days of running to walking strength training. It sounds like you're still, you're still keeping at it. How has been when you're not walking, how's been your running lately? changed over the years. Um, I was blessed to have my husband as my running partner for about 39 years. He passed away a, a little over two and a half years ago from a quick acting melanoma. So from start of the cancer to the end, it was eight months. So we didn't have a real long time to say goodbye to each other. Um, but I learned a lot about running through him. I think it was in March of 1980 that I just happened to mention, do you know anybody who runs? And he said he did. And I thought he was joking because, you know, I had never been exposed to running, but I came from a family who they were involved in different athletics. And my brother and sister would always go out and run in the morning before they'd go to work. And I'd ask if I could go along and they wouldn't take me with them. So I, I was a little sad, you know, about that. But um, I figured maybe, you know, it's a little different guiding a visually impaired person. You have to be careful. And maybe they were concerned that I'd fall or something like that. And so, you know, I just let him go. But so then my husband and I started running. He wasn't my husband then. We were just dating. Um, we started out running at the Marquette Healthcare Center, and it was an eighth of a mile around the track. And we were dodging basketballs and all kinds of loud noise and people and stuff. And I really wasn't progressing very much in terms of trying to get any distance down. I, I had a hard time even running a mile. I think it took me like two and a half months to do that nonstop. Um, and so then in the spring, we went outside and starting running, started running around a track. And then I felt a lot better about running and I got, you know, quicker at that time. But um I've accomplished a lot of runs over the year. I've done 162 marathons, um, mostly with my husband's help. His name was Paul. Um, I've run, I haven't run any marathons actually since 2011. Our careers changed at that point. I got a new job. He had a new job. And so 
we were focusing more on the career at that point, maybe rather than running a lot of distance like we had in the past. But I've still, I still run half marathons. Um, I know COVID has kind of put a damper on that for everybody. So I'll be happy to get back to probably smaller events for a while until I can work my way back up to the bigger ones. Um, but cross training has helped me a lot. I swim now and I bike. And so some of my friends and some of the coaches at Girls on the Run are trying to talk me into a triathlon this summer, just a little one, but I might give that a try. Have you done a triathlon before? No, I do like the the small swim. I'm not sure if it's a quarter mile maybe, and then a 5K and a, a small bike. That's how I'd start out. But it seems like it would be a challenge. I, I try to do things now that, you know, my husband isn't here anymore. And so I have to do things that will help me create a new identity for myself. Um, and so that's kind of when I started to branch out a little bit from running and try new things. Last year, I did the U.S. Um, bank stair climb. That was fun. Um, and then I'm going to try the triathlon this summer. Um, I have taught myself how to run alone on a treadmill, which is kind of fun because I never could run before on my own. So I get to kind of daydream and run and I just have to make sure I don't fall off because I almost walked backwards off the treadmill a few times and figured I had to find a way to stay on. So now I hold on to the front of the treadmill with both hands and it slows my pace a little bit. It's probably not the most natural thing, but it gives me the opportunity to run, say, when when I don't have a guide for the day. So I always have the same choice that sighted people have too when it comes to running every day if I want to. I mean, that is, that is so exciting. And you just recently learned to run on the treadmill by yourself? Yeah, I think probably within the last two years I did. I never needed to because we were married, you know, so we'd wake up and have a coffee and go out to run together, you know, be it before work or after work or he was always there. You know that, well, first of all, sorry for your losses, condolences. Um, I know that was, that, that is fairly recent, um, so I'd like to start off with that, but I actually want to go back. So running, you you just told us the story how you kind of got into it, but why, like, what was it at that moment in your life that you're like, okay, I want to start running? I, I just always felt like I'd hear people's feet when they went running by and it always seemed like it was such a freeing movement. Like, wow, if I ran, I would probably feel better during the day. And, and I do. I mean, no matter how hard it is to get out there, you just know your day is going to be a little bit better because you can go for a run. So I'm very blessed to, to have lived with my husband for almost 37 years. We ran together two years before we got married. And now I have good friends who have taken over his role and it's just a blessing for me. Yeah. I mean that, that, well, a, that's, incredible like what a fun relationship that you got to experience that and do that for so long and, and be together while you're doing it too i so you've run 162 marathons which i can't even wrap my head around and i've had like a week to try to wrap my head around that and i still can't wrap <laughs> my head around that i think i've run like four and i thought that was a lot so i mean that is just incredible and i want to talk about some of those stories but when you like, okay, so you obviously got the running bag if you've run 162 marathons. Um, but like when you started running, obviously 
for any runner who gets into it, there's so many like ups and downs. It's hard. You can't, you said running a mile was tough. I couldn't run a mile for the longest time either. I think every new runner has been in that boat at one point in their life. So how was it for you like getting to that point of like feeling like feeling that like long distance running was your thing? Um, well, it was my husband's thing. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I guess when everybody starts out, they're like, oh, how am I going to do this? I can hardly run around the track or I can hardly run a mile. And, and then it gets easier. And he was there always to encourage and um, he'd go out running whether I was going to come or not. So I just made up my mind that I better learn how to run and whatever, you know, he's always encouraging with the pace and everything that I um, would run. And, and he, you know, he's just a nice guy to be with. It was, it was fun. Um, we ran with a tether. It I was, was just going to ask that. Sorry. I um, feel like, yeah. Can you explain that a little bit? I think that that's yeah, interesting. Because the tether that I use now with my new running partners, um, isn't what he used. He was uh, in the army. He, and so he used an 18 inch coil of mountain climbing rope and then he'd hold he'd fold it in half and he'd take the two ends the loose ends and wind them around his wrist and then he'd fold it again and give me the loop and so and and, and it worked out well he was like six four and I'm five four so he was a foot taller so actually that probably worked better because he needed something um bigger than I need to run with my partners because of his height relationship to me. So mm. now I just run with a little strap, like a little kid's belt or something that I hang on to when the, my um, partner hangs on to the other end and that's it. We just go, but all my partners are a lot shorter than, than he was, except for one of them, except for Jeff, the president of the Badgerland Striders. He's one of my good running guides. We run together a couple times a week. Oh, that's... So I got a lot of my running guides after Paul died from the Badgerland Striders, so I'm very grateful to them. And that is one awesome thing about the running community is we're always here for each other. Um, I know. No matter if you're friends or, or whatever it can be, you know, if like the community, like the community that you have, like getting these, you know, uh, running guides, which it sounds like you have a handful, which is just incredible. But even at like race day and how nice people are to each other and it's just so incredible. And it just goes to show right there um, how awesome that is. It is. And I needed friends after Paul died and they just stepped up. So, and some were people I didn't even know, but we're very good friends now. Oh. I guess loss brings out good things in people. Yeah. And when, when you're on a, and when you're on a run, there's only two things you can do. Like I say, either not talk or start talking and uh, the start talking <laughs> right. part is way more fun in the long run. So how was, how was running um, with a guide like during COVID? Did that really happen at all? Or did, is this where the treadmill thing kind of came into play? Actually, it's interesting that you bring this up because I could, I'll talk about this now. I got COVID last April. So it's been over a year that I had it, but that was very interesting for me because I was alone, you know, I think, for a total of 17 days. And, and that was very hard for me after, after losing my husband. But as soon as I came out of um, COVID, all my friends were right back there running with me. And it's like, we never lost anything. So that was a relief to me. Wow. Well, that's incredible. 
crazy that you had COVID. And that was like coming up on a year now. Yeah, yeah. And then they they found out after that that I actually had my my taste and smell wasn't coming back and I lost that too. And and being visually impaired on top of losing the taste and smell was a very interesting experience because I couldn't smell anything that I was cooking. So I had to have people come in the house and make sure I wasn't going to burn anything because I didn't know. So that was an interesting experience. But I ended up also having a, a tumor right near my olfactory nerve that they just removed at the end of January. And so that all came back fine too. So I was out running again in two weeks and that's all behind me. And, but you know, it goes to show life can throw some interesting curves and pretty quickly. So you just have to be ready to take them. Um, Mary, uh, you make it sound very easy. Like if, if somebody had been dealt just one of these hands, whether it's the recent ones, uh, or, or what you've been dealing with, uh, for all of your life, they would have, so many people would have given up. So I, I've noticed too in many other interviews of yours that you have an incredible sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and and I need to know, you know, how much of that is automatic? And if it is automatic, were you born with it? Or was it cultivated because of the adversity? Or, I think so. Or do you, I mean, oh, go ahead. Sorry, please, I didn't mean no, to no, There's no, there's, this is a very open-ended question. So it sounds like you have a lot to say. So I'll let you go. I think humor is situational, and if I think something's funny, I'll just make a joke about it. You know, that's the way, and that's the way my husband was too. And so it was good. And sometimes it's better to laugh about things than it would be to just sit and cry about them. So, you know, if things are funny, I make a joke. I I can get behind that. Mary, I feel like I'm in the same boat sometimes with my humor. I get sometimes sometimes I'm not good at it, but you're better at it than I am. <laughs> I don't know. Um so you wow, you went through a lot in the last year, in the last couple of years. Um that is just that is just wild. Um so b b during COVID, so once once you got over COVID, then you were able to get back out and start running again? Yeah, you know, it, it took, it was a little hard because, you know, when you're not doing anything for 17 days, you get, you know, I was a little winded and it was a little bit hard and I, I didn't feel that great. But, it, you know, I just kept at it and, it and it came back pretty quickly. And I probably don't run as fast as I used to, but, you know, anyone who ages, unless you really keep a, um, a steady, how do I want to say this? Um, I don't focus so much on pace anymore because mm -hmm. I'm so excited that I can be out there running that it'll be what it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's incredible. Everyone is at a different spot in life. And I, I would say that when I am 60 over 60 years old, I hope I can run still um, pace, whatever, just be out there. And that's like, that's a goal of mine to be able to do that. And that, that takes a lot, I think. So, um, you know, just being able to see you do that is incredible and, you know, keeps me wanting to keep moving forward with it. You know, and I've been running for what, 41 years now. So, you know, back, you know, in my younger years, I, I those things were important to me. I, I think, you know, racing and trying to get the fastest times I could get and all that, that was real important back then. But 
things have happened in my life that make me use running more now as something to help me during the difficult times. And, and they've been a little more difficult than usual in the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, how have you used running um, to help you get through these situations? Has it been a place for you to kind of clear your head or kind of uh, work through some of these things? Because what you've dealt with, you know, losing your husband or even, you know, getting COVID, these, these are big things that a lot of people haven't gone through both of those things. Uh, I think, so I assume running's probably played a big part in that. Yeah, it has. And, and I know that if I can get through the run during the day that I'll be a better person at the end of the run. And I, I pray when I run. Um, I think about things when I run to try to clear my head. I talk to my friends, you know, when we talk about different things. I, I listen to the birds. I love nature. Oh, nature. I feel like nature goes away a little bit in the winter for me. It's just I always it's, so quiet in the winter. I know. I like to run in the snow, though. It's always fun in the first couple snow days when you can run in the snow. And um, that's always fun. I like to feel it crunch under my feet. It definitely is a wonderful sense. Also, when it snows, it's I feel like there's like a, a layer of silence over like, where, you know, the area you're in. And it's just like yeah. this. It's, it's very peaceful. Right. I feel. Me too. Mary, you mentioned the word praying. And many times in the podcast, on the podcast, we've talked with Alex and some of our guests about meditation and meditative practices during running or off of running and how it complements. Um, praying is not a word we hear as often, especially nowadays. It's it's become a little more, um, it's, it's less used, I feel. But can you talk about, uh, can you tell us a little bit about praying and what what does that look like is that like a form of meditation to you I, I think so and whoever you believe in as a spiritual being for me that happens to be Jesus and sometimes I just say prayers like you know help me make this a better day Jesus help me make my time that I have left on this earth make me the best person that I can be so there's small little simple prayers um but they really help me. And I think it, it keeps me moving in the right direction because believe it or not, I, especially with what's happened over the last couple of years, I have a hard time stepping outside of myself sometimes. And, but I just, I think m making yourself do that is what heals the soul. So I, I'm very grateful for that. Absolutely. And, and thank you for sharing that because, um, you know, a lot of that is also echoed in other people's practices, meditative practices of, you know, for example, the um, in the mindfulness uh, realm, uh, the the New Age, more secular, um, less spiritual uh, movement of meditation. There's this. There are they they don't call them prayers, but they call them little mantras or whatever, where you say, "May I be." Uh, maybe may I be a better person or may I be uh, or you express gratitude towards things that you have in life already and the reason I ask this is because you know it's important to realize that you know everybody can find ways to become more mindful and they can find things that they relate to more easily 
you know, yourself, myself too, uh, it's easy to relate to something with Christianity. Um, so it's not that far-fetched and you don't have to go way out of your bounds and your comfort zone to find that peace. So thank right. you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, I'm glad to share that. And, and, and you, you also said something really important there um, was it helps you kind of step outside of yourself. I think is just how you worded it. And you said you think that helps. And 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 by that you mean stepping out well I guess what do you like what do you mean by that? Like how is that helping you move forward kind of stepping outside your own comfort zone, not letting you it almost seems like it's not letting you stay not stuck but like stay where you are, right? It, it seems like it's helping you move forward. Right. And I know that sometimes it's it, it's a little hard to run without my partner because we had a system down. It was all, we'd laugh. We'd say it's almost like a science, you know, because we just knew each other so well. Well, he's not here now, but I know I have to go on and running just helps me. I know that everything will be better if I can complete a run during the day. A hundred percent. There's nothing better than getting that run in, um, especially if you can do it in the morning. Let's say you, you set your yeah. entire day up. It's like you have more energy, though you just spent a bunch of energy, right? Uh, right. And I wholeheartedly believe it. Uh, I, I do want to ask. So, you, I mean, you and your husband, you ran together I, almost every day, right? So, right. You, a lot of people. I mean, even right now during COVID, I was just thinking about this on a run the other day. How much more I've run by myself during COVID. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Um, but you always you always had your husband. So did you, it seemed like, right, there's two things you can do, not talk or talk. Um, did you guys spend most runs talking to each other? Or sometimes was it like, we're both going out for this run, but we're going to kind of do our own thing in our head? Well, I think we did. It was probably 50-50. You know, you live with somebody for that many years and you know, sometimes you get along in the morning, sometimes you don't, you know, so, um, but we, you know, we'd always find a way to talk and, um, and sometimes we were quiet and then I'd ask him, you know, do you want to share your thoughts? And he either would or he wouldn't, but, um, it was a wonderful, it was mm -hmm. a wonderful, they were wonderful years that we shared together. Another thing that I try to do, and I think this helps too, is, you know, always, thank people for their kindness. You know, when somebody's good to you, let them know that. And, and, you know, think of, think of others before you think of yourself. That's what I make myself do for Lent. You know, instead of saying, well, what do I want? I think, well, how would this other person react to this situation? And what would they want to see happen? It just changes your perspective a little bit. Mary, that brings up something it relates to something that I've been meaning to talk to you about, and especially today, and I'll explain in a moment. Um, in in one in an interview that you did with the Journal Sentinel, probably it was around summertime or early fall, um, regarding girls on the run. Uh, you mentioned of a of an instance where one of the girls from Girls on the Run, so a young a, a young girl. Um, bumped into you and um, and said and apologized and said, "Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. I I forgot that you can't see." And you talked about how that makes you feel so much better that they're not 
tiptoeing around your feelings or you didn't go into great lengths. And that's what I would like us to, to oh. talk about oh. a little bit. But uh, also, I'll say, you know, and, and the reason why I said I would love to talk about this today is um, I've had recent news uh, in the past eight hours of my father's only sibling um, uh, passing away. Uh, and he was a man with with Down syndrome. And oh, I'm sorry I've, to hear that. Thank oh. you so much. But it's woken up so many questions in my in my mind of, you know, what how we see others and how we see, you know, not to equate obviously, you know, the disability of of one of, lack of one of the senses, but how we generally see people that are different from us in society, um, and how I'm realizing today that, you know, what I went my whole life feeling sorry that my uncle was not like us and i'm right. now i'm now realizing that i missed so many things and i don't have so many of the qualities that he did so my question to you is what has your experience been throughout your life with the way that people deal with your disability or or other people's differences and i shouldn't say disability uh, i should say differences the best scenario is the one that i described in in the journal sentinel sentinel where the the little girl bumped at me and said oh i'm sorry mary i forget you can't see and i laughed because that's the way i want it you know i want people to feel so comfortable with me that they feel like they can do whatever they want. Um, uh, my husband, he, he'd, he'd forget. We'd be in a restaurant or something, and he'd get up and walk out, and he'd come back, and he'd say, oh, I forgot Mary. She's still in the restaurant. So things like that, you know. And, and I think it depends on, on how you view life, but I would rather have an attitude like that because that means someone has stepped inside my world. They're, they're so comfortable with me that they understand that they can do those kind of things. Um, sometimes I'll hear people say things like, I'm trying to think of an example where they don't think I can hear them, but I can hear every word they say like, oh, you need to move that out of her way. She might knock it over. She might bump into that. It's like, forget it. You know, If I knock it over or if I bump into it, I'll figure it out. And and then also when people see what you're able to accomplish, Mary, through, you know, in spite of or maybe because of your your inability to do some things as others do, um, I'm sure have has inspired, definitely has inspired us, Alex and I, um, and continues to inspire so many girls. So thank you. Thank you for that. I just... Oh feel like we we can't say it enough for everything you do because i don't know if you do it to inspire others but it, it if you're not doing it for others you're definitely it's definitely a side effect I, I i think i owe especially right now girls on the run because that's the thing i like you know one of the things i like to do the most but for everyone in my life who has helped me i owe that same amount of help and respect to the girls to the coaches um, to my the teammates who make things possible for me, 
it's the circle of life. You know, you, you, you give what you get, what you give and you give what you get. And, um, that's how I want to be. That's how I hope people view me. And that's truly an incredible, incredible way, the way you've lived and are living your life and you know, what you get out of it. And speaking of girls on the run, so you are a volunteer coach uh, and you have been for the last few years. So first of all, I want to say thank you. Um, Girls on the Run is just an incredible organization. And I think everyone who's a part of it, whether you're a coach or you're working there or you're volunteering or you're, um, you know, a running buddy, it's, it's just incredible because we're all building the next generation, you know, of girls and not just running, right. but for life, right. for everything. And it's incredible. And I know you mentioned this, like you didn't have Girls on the Run when you were a kid, right? And right. I think being able to be a part of it now is a huge thing. So what what kind of got you into Girls on the Run? I heard an ad on TV probably several years, I think, before I ever got involved. And I talked to my husband about it, but we never, I, we never got involved when he was here. But I knew I needed to fill my days. And so I asked a friend of mine if she knew anything about it. She didn't, but she had a connection to... Um, someone at Girls on the Run. And so we had an interview and got in as volunteer coaches. And um, I just thought it was such a wonderful thing to improve the self-image of girls there between what, eight, ages eight and 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. And so that's the best time to get there. They'll still listen to you at that age. And so it's (laughs) the best time, you know, you, you can form a good impression. And it's learning life lessons while you're training for a 5k. Well, what could be, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, it's cool. So let me ask this. What is one lesson that you've learned from the girls themselves? How honest young children are. They just tell it the way it is. You know, they, they talk to each other and, and they talk to me and we have, a, we have a session um, at every girls on the run toward the end of um, right before we run the 5k and they can ask me any question they want about what it's like to be blind. So <laughs> some of the questions they asked were, um, how, how can you live alone? Do you bump into things in your house? Well, you know, of course I do. I, <laughs> everything gets in the way every now and then, you know, but stuff like that. How can a blind person be married? Um, <laughs> what, what does color look like? And then, so they were trying to describe orange to me. And one of the girls said, yeah, it looks like a real pretty sky at sunset. And about three of them piped up and said, she doesn't know what the sky looked like at sunset. She never saw it. So it it was, it's fun, you know, and they have all kinds of questions. Another funny one was, do you drive? And I said, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, the honesty of kids. They will ask anything. Which is so fun. I mean, it, that, it is being it's up the there. Spontaneity of it all. Um, I would say answering those questions might be funner than hearing the questions being asked. It is. I I I, I love to hear what kind of questions they come up with because you can tell they think about them, you know. And it must be an experience for them to meet somebody like me, especially if they don't have anybody in their classes, maybe that has a disability or. Maybe you don't, I don't know. Maybe you don't see blind people that often. I, I don't know. I don't think about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it's tough for them because if they're if they're not blind, I mean, just like the questions you just asked, sum it up great. So that's that sounds like that's a good time. And um, I think seeing the seeing the girls in their progress through the season has to be a joy too, from ones who start and have never ran oh. before. Oh, it is, and especially because they're with us for three seasons, and so they start out in third grade and. A lot of them are a little bit shy and they don't talk much in fourth grade. They're kind of getting their sea legs. And then you see them between fourth and fifth grade. I ran into one of the girls a few weeks back and, and she was going for confirmation and, and she was all dressed up. My friend told me, and she sounded so grown up, you know, she Mm -hmm. went from a little girl to becoming a young lady and that's good to see. And, and when, and I see that a lot when I run into the girls on the street and they're always so happy to see me and I'm happy to see them. And I can't wait to, I can't hug them now because of COVID, but pretty soon I can. And that'll be, that'll be great. Yeah. Soon enough, Mary, I have a good feeling. Soon enough, soon enough. Yep, April 12th. <laughs> soon enough. So is that, is April 12th the first day girls on the run starts? Yeah. If you're listening to this right now, if someone's listening, can they still sign up or is registration closed for girls? Do you know? Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, don't know but you either. could probably check with Tina and maybe she can give you some information to, to throw yeah. in about that. I know we not, we announced it on the show the other week that registration was open, but I forgot to look to see how long it was open until, but um, if you do have a girl who would like to participate, you could probably head over to girls on the run uh, and find out. And if it's not open, maybe we can send Tina a message and see what we can do. Cool. <laughs> so, okay. I want to talk a little bit about some of your like marathons and some of your stories, because you have run 162 marathons all over the world. Um, which one sticks out to you the most when you think like f- favorite marathon or when you think marathons, which what's, what, what's the one that sticks out the most to you? Well, probably the one that comes to mind is um, Paul and I did the Dublin City Marathon back in 1985. Um, I, I think it was interesting because I'm Irish, well, half Irish, half Irish, half German. But um, there were 8,000 people. I think that was a lot of people running a marathon at that time. So it was really packed. And can I tell a story about Paul was Paul was very much of an adventurer. And so he would do anything if he thought he could. And so we're at the eight mile mark in the marathon. And he says, Mary, excuse me for a moment. I have to go down the canal for a little bit here and find a bathroom facility. Okay. So he, there's a, there's a guy running next to us. He hands the rope to the guy and says, here, run with my wife. And he, and he was gone. And this, you know, this is a, he'd always do that, but he'd never explain why the guy had to run with his wife. So, the guy's like, well, why am I holding this rope? What am I supposed to do? I said, oh, please hang on to it. I can't see. Don't let me go in this crowd. And so he did, and we got to talking, and his name was Patrick. And, and I said, hey, Patrick, it's really damp in Ireland. You know, it's about 54 degrees, and it was October, and it just felt, I, I felt chilled. And he said, I'll tell you what he tell I'll if I'll wait for you at the finish line and I'll have something for you. And I crossed the finish line and there he was with a shot of brandy in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a, a very interesting experience. I, I thought 
Ireland was just beautiful. Um, I There were animals that would just walk in the middle of the street. We took a tour bus and there were cows and donkeys and sheep and all kinds of stuff. And, and dogs could come into the pub. I like that. Oh, that sounds like fun. That Yeah. That's that's a fun story. So, uh, how many times, like, if your if your husband had to go to the bathroom, I mean, did this happen? I feel like oh, it, yeah. when, you, when you spring that on someone, it's like a fun way to kind of break the ice with whoever but, you're running yeah, next I, I to. Finally, well, I said to him, Paul, how do you know that the person that you dump me with, or you know, you leave, and then I'm stuck explaining why you left? How do you know that they're going to be? Do they look like they're good people that are going to want to do this? And he said, yeah, I look at their eyes. And if they, you know, they kind of give me an eye contact, I figure um, then I'm, you know, I'm good to leave you with them for a while until I run back. And in his younger years, he was always a faster runner than I was. So he could always catch back up to us. So I never lost him during that process, which is good. <laughs> oh, that, that would, that's so funny. I just think. I'm just thinking of when I've made pit stops and then had to play catch up. I always struggle to catch up. So good thing. Oh, I know. I think it took him a while. One, <laughs> one day I, I was running with somebody that he had put me with. And, and all of a sudden from behind, we heard this heavy breathing. And, and the person I was running with said, what do you, what's that? What's that noise? I said, most likely it's my husband trying to catch <laughs> up. And it was. He That's came awesome. Back. So yeah. where else have you ran marathon? So Ireland? Yeah, we did. I didn't do any other overseas. We did a lot of repeat marathons. I did um, Lakefront Marathon over 20, the Pablo Nermi Marathon up in Hurley over 20, mm. um, the Marine Corps Marathon we did a few times. Um, what else? The Lake Geneva Marathon we did. Oh, that was a hilly marathon. Um, um, I'm trying to think. We, oh, I know. We did the the Voyager Marathon in Massey, Ontario. That was fun. That was back in the nineties. That was, it's beautiful up there. I haven't been to Ontario, but that sounds beautiful. Where was the, where was the race? Um, was it scenic? Do you know, like, was I, it, I what, was it like along a lake or what? I, I don't really know. I know that the roads were, you know, it was kind of, there was a lot of gravel and stuff. The roads aren't as paved up there as they are here. Um, Hmm. So, but it was um, fun. So your last Canada marathon. Was beautiful. Oh, sorry. So your last marathon, Mary, was 2011. Was that Lakefront? Yeah. Well, that's one way to run your last marathon. Or is that your last marathon ever? Or was that just happened to be your last marathon? Oh no, I, there might still be one in me. I haven't figured out when it'll be yet. But you know, I, you're never too old, right? I can always. I think the body knows the distance, you know, when you do enough of them, I just have to train and, and get good at it. And then it would probably know when it got to 17 or 18 miles that there was more coming. <laughs> I don't think I've run enough marathons to know that yet. <laughs> Someday. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, so a lot of repeats. What um, Lakefront Marathon is probably my favorite because it was my first marathon that I ran. Let's see. So yeah. the Lake Geneva Marathon, haven't done that. Uh, what was the one up in Hurley? I always, I can never say the name. Oh, the right. Pablo Nermi Marathon. Yeah, um, a lot. Was, a, a lot of our guests have run that and love it. Oh, it it was a it's a wonderful marathon. 
Um, and then we'd, we'd always go back every year and we'd uh, build a vacation around that and go back to Manaqua and, and kind of work our way home, you know, and Rhinelander and Eagle River and all through there. And we just had such a fun time. That was, uh, that was my, one of my favorite marathons too. That ranks up there with Lakefront. Um, what else did we do? We did the Lake County Marathon. I don't think that exists anymore. Um, what other ones did we do? We did, oh, I did the, the Ice Age Trail 50K. I did Ooh. that once. Um, yeah, that's a credit to Paul because that was, you know, there are parts of it that are pretty easy, but parts of it that are really hard. And And I think in my running career, I probably fell you know, less than 10 times while I was running with him, probably less than five. So that's a credit to his guiding ability. And, and I didn't realize how, how hard guiding is until one of my friends, this is after Paul died, but we were running on a, I think we were even walking, but there were a lot of bumps and rocks and stones and, and other people were talking to her. And she said, you know, I can't talk to you guys right now because I, I have to be Mary's eyes and I have to watch where she's going. So yeah, it dawned that, on me. That's incredible. So it dawned on me then how hard of a task that actually is and was for Paul. And I, you know, I, if I didn't thank him enough, then I'll thank him now because I hear from, from other people how hard that is. Yeah, and I can't a trail marathon. That sounds, um, or I mean the the Ice Age fifty k. That sounds crazy because the Ice Age Trail is not a smooth trail. It is up and down and and roots and different terrain. It's pretty crazy. How was yeah. so when when you're being guided through that? Is it a lot of communication of like um, like stick? Yeah, he'd bump, say rocks, rock in five step steps, root in two steps you know, we're going to walk in five steps because there's a couple rocks. So he had to, you know, to think that he could do that for 31 miles is a real credit. Wow. Yeah. That is a lot of credit. That is a lot of, and knowing like three steps. I mean, I'm assuming he, the more you do it, you get used to, you know, knowing cadence and, and being able to point things out, but that's impressive. Kudos. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, probably, and probably being in the military, he had, he had more of a sense of of that type of a thing because, you know, they run a lot in the military. And so he was probably used to that. So I was very lucky, very blessed. Um, kudos to Paul. That's incredible. I can hardly stay up when I'm running on the trail sometimes. I know. And then to help somebody else, you know, Oh goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you said you didn't, you had you, how many falls did you say you've had? It wasn't a lot. Probably less than 10 in my whole 40 years. And what were like the 10 that you did have? Was it like something minor or was it like, uh, like miscommunication? Probably miscommunication or one race, somebody was trying to get ahead of me and clipped my lead foot and I went sprawling. Um, so yeah, weird things like that happen. And I don't know, once I hit a speed bump and did a belly flop on the, oh, that was the, oh, oh, that was probably at the beginning of my career and everybody around me went, Oh, and I, I didn't really hurt myself, but I got up. I said, Oh, that, that must've been a crowd pleaser. A crowd pleaser. <laughs> everybody made like, they thought I wasn't going to get up, but I got right up. 
<laughs> Mary with the with the humor, a crowd. I've never thought about a fall as a crowd pleaser, but now I'm gonna <laughs> rethink the way I um, fall now when I do in front of people. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. Mary, it's incredible that you've accomplished so much in running and that you're giving back to the community through Girls on the Run. I know we can't thank you enough for for doing that. It's awesome. And I know the girls love it. Um, And I know it sounds like they have fun when they get talk to you and ask you some fun questions, too. Um, And we want to thank you for your time today. But before we go, we have to do our Cream City Pacers rapid fire questions. Uh Oh, okay. Okay. I so how we attack these is we're gonna Apostoli and I will do every other question. So I'll go first. So we'll start off with a fun one. What is your favorite route to run in Milwaukee? Well, probably um the bike path in Wauwatosa, um, right underneath the Harmony Bridge, the uh, you know, through Hoyt Park and um Hart Park and just because I live there and so all my guides pick me up and and uh, that's just a fun route for me to run on. It's it's the closest one. And I think the more familiar I get with the route, the, the better I am at navigating it. Mm-hmm. That's a fun that's a fun path. It's very windy. It and is. Across some bridges, too. Yeah, I like that. If you could bring one person to run with you in Milwaukee, and that could be somebody, well, anybody, who would that be? I wish I had one more run with Paul in Milwaukee. When we were running through on the bike path where all the bridges are, we got close to home and there's the last bridge coming out of the park. And he stopped and he looked at the river and he put his arm around me and he said, you know, I wish I would have walked on these bridges more over the last 40 years so I could have spent more time with you. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's that's very very touching. Um all right, what is your favorite pre-race pump-up song? Chariots of Fire. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Mary, that's a very common answer on the show and uh it might it? become our new intro theme song just because oh, I like Rocky too. Okay. Oh, we have <laughs> we've had that too. So we there you go. No, I, you don't have to give an original answer. There's a reason why these songs are so popular uh, with um but hey, I I, I have Paul I have and the I did tech- kickboxing together. We did kickboxing for a while and I always thought of Rocky whenever they, you know, whenever we'd be doing that. So <laughs> I like <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. If are there any uh pieces of literature that you would recommend that have inspired you any books or audiobooks that you would like to share with our listeners just on any topic or well if you have running running related that's um that's great but it could be any topic we've seen that people get get inspired by anything any genre I read a wide eclectic variety of things. And so in terms of running, I don't think I have 
a favorite book that I would recommend because I tend to get a lot of my information from just talking to people and listening to what they have to say about, you know, how they do certain things. Well, this more, you know, more so when I was maybe at the beginning of running and I wanted to know, you know, how much water should I drink? How much food should I eat? How should I, you know, can I walk during a race? Just, you know, stuff that you learn as you go along. And, and now I, I just kind of get my knowledge from different people. And, but I wouldn't say I have a certain book that I would recommend. Ask your friends, ask people who, you know, are, are good runners. Talk to all kinds of runners because you can learn a lot from people who run fast and also from people who run not so fast anymore like me. Or people who are never fast like me. Hopefully someone listens <laughs> to a piece of my advice once in a while. <laughs> all right. Mary, what's your favorite piece of gear to run with? Well, I, my my running strap, because that gets me where, where I need to go. But also in the wintertime, I like to wear, I switch off between my Badgerland striders. You, you know, what do they call those things that you put around your neck? It's like a big scarf. Oh, the, the buff? Yeah. So I switch off between the Badgerland Striders buff and the Girls on the Run buff. Oh, I need a Girls on the Run buff. Oh, they're really cool. Oh, that sounds like fun. I have the Badgerland ones from uh, the, where did we get those? Cell Shore Half Marathon where they just handed yeah, those Yeah, I out? think so. Yeah. Yeah, those didn't are... they? They gave them out for a couple of years too, I think. Yeah, the, that's my favorite piece of running gear because you can wear it on your neck. You can wear it on your head, wear it over your ears. You can wear it as a face mask. Yes, it's a you know, COVID could I, thing. Could I just, I, I wanted to talk a little bit too about helping people because that's what, that's where I feel most comfortable in that realm. But um, if any of the people in the running community are looking to guide um, runners, um, I have a visually impaired friend who lives um, in the same building I do. And she's 33, so she's half my age and she's looking for people to guide her um, you know, I've kind of developed developed some guides for myself, and, and I could always use guides too, but I like to think of her first because she just moved to Milwaukee last year, and she's looking for people to run with. So, you know, Alex could probably get back in touch with me if anybody seems to be interested in something like that, but I'd like to help her out if I could. Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome. We'd love to throw it out there to anyone listening right now. Um do you know how many times she runs a week or anything that we can also pass along? I believe she she runs maybe three times a week or something. She'd, but she, I think she wants more guides to get the opportunity to, to be outside more if she could be. So she just likes the companionship too, like everybody does. You know, even sighted people have running partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talk about this on the show all the time. Mary, Alex and I, we met through a running group, Milwaukee running group. Uh, just like yourself, you're very involved with the Badgerline Striders, and that's how you were able to get a lot of your uh, partners. Um, shout out to the Milwaukee running group. There's a lot of listeners in that group, and if I'm sure we're going to hear from them uh, with ideas of how to help your friend out. And Oh, that, that'd be great. That'd they want to help me out, too. They can. <laughs> Yeah. I'm always looking for guides, you know, yeah. some, 
Oh, go ahead. Well, Mary, I'm, we're for sure going to come and go on a run. So I don't understand. I do have a question for your friend. You, you, you said you live in Tosa, right? Yeah. Okay. So just anyone out there, reach out to us. Happy to make that connection with, with Mary and uh, get you guys set up. Perfect. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Um, I forgot which question we were on. Favorite gear. Okay. So this is how we end every show, Mary, with one piece of advice you would like to pass on to new runners. I always, when I speak about to different running groups, I always tell people, listen to your body. It will tell you what it needs. Um, if you're thirsty, drink water. If you're tired, you know, take a day off. Um, I, in 41 years of running, I may have been injured three or four times, so I don't get injured, but I also listen to what I need. A, that's great advice. B, 41 years of running and like three injuries. Mary, you, you're a hero. That's incredible. I might be living a long time. <laughs> that's, what's the, what's the key to, what's the key to that? There are um, no injuries. I don't really know. I don't know if it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been big. Um, I, I, I try to watch my diet, but not, 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 um, obsessively so, but when I'm hungry, I eat. When I want a beer, I have a beer, you know, so I'm not, I just, I guess everything in moderation, including, you know, if including you're tired, marathons. Take it. Yeah, well, I, well, now I believe that. I don't think I believe that for 30 years, but now I do. Um, but yeah, you know, let, listen to your body. It'll let you know. Wonderful words from the expert herself. Mary, this has been an amazing conversation. We appreciate it. You're amazing. Keep doing everything you're doing. Um, and hopefully we can get out together and go for a run soon. Perfect. That'd be great. Thanks a lot, you guys, for interviewing me. I enjoyed it. I knew I knew last week when I talked to Alex that he immediately put me at ease, and, and that helps a lot. So I'm grateful to you, Alex, for that. Oh, thanks, Mary. And we knew this was going to be a fun conversation with just how awesome you were just for our, like, 20 minutes and the stories you were telling. So we appreciate it. This was, Oh, you're welcome. This was awesome. And, um, yeah, this is Mary, you've gone through so much in the last couple of years with COVID and your husband is crazy. So, um, I know it hasn't been easy for you, but you, you've got, you've gotten through and you're getting through it and you're, and you're very strong. So keep, keep doing everything you're doing. Cause, um, it, uh, you're getting through it and you are uh, definitely an inspiration to us. And I know our listeners are going to love this episode. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Mary, thank you. Thank you so much for being on our episode today. Ah, absolutely. I love Mary's humor. I feel like I connect with it. We have we have some similar in our humor category, but what an inspirational runner. Just incredible. 162 marathons. That just puts me my uh, like three or four to shame, but uh, absolutely incredible. So inspiring. Nothing stops her. I thought the story about, you know, re how with everything happening recently with her husband passing away and COVID learning, talking about continuing to improve and try stuff new, learning to run on a treadmill by yourself. That's just so incredible. 
Yeah, and and the fact that she that confidence, that confidence she has that, you know, I'm gonna do everything I can. So many times like I, I get a small pain on my knee and I don't go out for a run. Um, that determination that she has, like in spite of all the, the obstacles, is is incredible and super inspiring. And I definitely want are going on a run after after hearing her talk. Like no matter what, like I'm gonna do this. There's no there's no excuse. Yeah. Oh, thanks again, Mary. You're awesome. Hey, and we hope you all enjoyed the episode with Mary. And I just want to reiterate this again. If you want to uh, go for a run with Mary or help out her friend that lives in her building, shoot us an email, creamcitypacers.com. Or like we said at the beginning of the show, find us at Instagram, Facebook. Um, or if you're friends with Mary, uh, reach out to her. Uh, I, I think this would be an incredible thing for you to do if you're looking to make some new, uh, make a new running buddy, or just change it up. I think it's an awesome opportunity. And once you're back in was, <laughs> once you're back in Wisconsin, obviously we'll have to. All three of us will have to go for a run. I feel like we'll have to have like a big Cream City Pacer meetup because you know we've been virtual for the last like many episodes like 50 some episodes 60 episodes almost at this point and everyone we've had on it's like well we can't run but soon we'll run together and now soon i feel like is in sight uh it's gonna be hard we'll just maybe have a big meetup that would be fun that'd be like a fun summer goal yep fourth of july fourth of july (laughs) that's true that's what joe said um anyways you guys reminder to go head over to runthebay.org and register for the 5k for run the bay that i'm organizing super helpful we appreciate you and uh also go check out our pre-race pump-up song playlist on spotify every guest past answer to favorite pump-up song is on that playlist it gets us going every day and it's always fun after like a month you know there's always more songs on there and just more variety and it's it's always gets me going gets me going and i love it apostoli you have anything you want to say before we sign off yeah, I want to give a shout out to Richard Dodd, past guest of the show and uh, great fan, great all around uh, human being. Um, he just announced on Facebook uh, pretty publicly that he was in a uh, pretty bad car accident uh, a while ago, two months ago, and um, he broke his C6 vertebra and other injuries. And he just went on his first run uh, this past um i want to say what was it monday and we just want to send our thoughts and you know our well wishes to richard for a fast recovery and here's another human being out there like strong human being he's got all these reasons to not uh go out for a run but he's out there and he's inspiring all of us so thank you richard richard glad you're okay also, that was a pretty quick run for your first run back. So kudos to you. Um, yeah, it's been great. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. And until next Friday, keep on running. Keep on running.